Tune in every Wednesday at approximately 6.35 p.m. for Leadership Unlearned with your host, Maxine Atong, as she invites you to suspend all that you believe and know about leadership. We challenge you to take this unlearning journey with us as we reframe leadership for our reality and to serve our vision as Caribbean people. For more information, follow Maxine Atong on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Maxine Atong or call 724-7642. Welcome to Leadership Unlearned. In this program, we invite you, the listener, to examine all that you know and believe about leadership. When I speak about leadership, I am not only speaking about a role in an organization. I am extending leadership to wherever it may exist for you. For some of us, that may be our families, for some of us, our churches, and for some of us, our professional associations. I am Maxine Atong, and I am a certified professional facilitator, a gestalt trained PCC level executive coach. I partner with leaders to help leaders be the leader that they want to be. It's all about leadership. Sharing space with me today is the Alzheimer's Association of Trinidad and Tobago, and joining me are Michelle Clavery, the president, and June Holdup, the vice president. Welcome, ladies. Thank you very much for having us. This is a first. It's the first time I have an association on the program. And so just to make the link for the listeners, what is it like to lead an association? Okay. Well, it requires grit. That's the first thing. It requires a great deal of understanding and compassion because when you lead any association, you have to be very cognizant of the fact that you are dealing with many different personalities. And so simply because of that, patience is required, understanding is required, and what we consider the you factor is also required. The you factor in communications being you think of the other person in addition to thinking of yourself. In the same way you think of yourself, you want to be able to deal with the person in the way you would deal with yourself. So patience, understanding and the you factor. In addition to what Michelle has said, given the nature of this association, it also calls for a great deal of empathy because here we are interacting with persons who are primarily caregivers for persons who are living with the condition. So you find many times they come loaded with issues and they're looking for some sort of help, even if it is verbal, because we do a lot of conversations when we met face to face and now we are meeting virtually. So we do try to share with the members maybe your personal experiences to see to what extent it can help them out. Knowing, with always with a caveat, of course, you can try it and hope that it works for you as well. So the members that you were ref- that you're referring to, Ms. Holdup, and that Michelle referred to before, those are who are the members of your association? Primarily caregivers of persons who are living with Alzheimer's and we also would have occasionally some of the individuals themselves depending particularly if they are in the early stages of the of the condition where they still have a certain level of cognition. 
so that they can sit in the meeting. Some of them can still express themselves, but by and large, it is mainly caregivers or persons who are interested in volunteering to help with the organization. Okay, great. Thanks for that definition because I wasn't too sure who the membership was. The other question I wanted to know, I mean, it's COVID-19. I think a lot of us feel as if we're losing our minds. I know on some days I definitely feel that way. And is there any link between, I know you spoke about dementia. So what are the early signs of dementia? What does that look like? And why would it feel to some of us that we're probably entering states of dementia with this COVID lockdown? Well, Maxi, let me allay your fears there a little bit on the fears <laughs> of the listenership. Yes. One of the things we tell our membership, and we, we get all our information from ADI, uh, that is Alzheimer's Disease International, because we are members of that umbrella body coming out of London, England. What we do tell our membership is, forgetting something isn't a sign that you're going to latch on to right away to say, oh my God, I wonder if this is dementia. I forgot my keys and so on and so forth. So we portion people that way. We try to allay their fears that way. Now, if you notice a pattern of behavior over time, then you may want to say to yourself, okay, is this something that is mirroring what we see in patients of dementia? Things like if you're going to be putting, for example, objects in the refrigerator that don't belong to the refrigerator, then you can say, aha, something is going on there. But your normal everyday forgetting of items and so on, and especially in this COVID environment, and I understand fully what you say, because for me, Sunday is Wednesday, is Saturday, is any other day. Exactly. So you, 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 you know, you take things in stride and you don't, no, no. And on the other hand, if you have a family member, who has had Alzheimer's disease, or who has lived with Alzheimer's, or who is living, you may, you know, be a little bit more concerned than the average person. My father had um, Alzheimer's disease, mm -hmm. and so I know signs and symptoms. But even with my father, it was difficult to tell off the bat because he was a person who would ask you the same question, you know, more than once to verify. So when he started getting Alzheimer's, we just thought it was more of that when it wasn't and so yes little caution um but don't 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 jump to it right away that you know i think maybe this might be a little dementia yeah thanks for laying her face and to answer your question in a more pointed way maxine there are 10 warning signs we generally will share with individuals so it's not just the casual forgetting that is a normal something that okay let me retrace my steps and see what i was really going forward to do that's normal. The 10 warning signs we share, memory loss that disrupts daily life. You're normally accustomed doing things and you start to do it and you just can't remember what it is you really started to do. You have challenges planning and solving problems. You're dealing with someone, for example, who would have been in the habit of being very a critical thinker and solving problems easily, using their hands to do work very adeptly and so on, then suddenly you notice they're kind of fidgeting and they're not too sure what they want to do. Difficulty completing familiar tasks at home, at work or at leisure. Confusion with respect to time or place. Trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. Okay, look at this picture. What are you seeing? Are you seeing? Well, you don't say what you're seeing. 
but you are seeing a cow, but they might tell you they seeing a bird. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, all things like that. New problems with words in speaking or writing. You're dealing here with a condition that gets worse over time. So in terms of COVID-19, is there any correlation between COVID-19 and dementia in terms of are there have there been a rise in cases internationally? Those kinds of studies, well, from 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 where we sit at this point, they certainly haven't reached us. We don't know yet, but we do know that the feelings we have heard that there are feelings of loneliness because, for example, um, if if the person who lives with the disease is in a home, then their loved ones cannot visit them because of the COVID. So. The, the, the loneliness might be a little bit heightened, which is what I have read and this is what we have seen. But as far as studies go, we don't know that studies have been done to really um, um, quantify that. I, I want to join you in that statement, Michelle, because we have seen an increase in loneliness, especially in teenagers and the aging. Yes. That's an yes. absolute yes. tourism. So we did a show on that about two weeks ago in dealing with loneliness during COVID and, and that's one of the factors that we actually raise. Oh, yes. So we oh, are in yes. alignment with that. Mm-hmm. And, then and even, even, even though the person who lives with the disease um, may not always be cognizant of their immediate circumstances, they do get that, uh, that they miss that sensory kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And so this is what they can read in real time. That's what happens. Yeah. Yes, June, you were going to say something. Yeah, and, and, and as you said, sensory, what come, one of the things that comes to mind, and I always tell, share it with, with other persons with respect to my deceased husband, he got to the point where he could not verbally communicate. But trust me, his hearing was very acute. <laughs> so you could tell by his facial expression that he was able to discern who might have been speaking with him, even in terms of the, the difference between the two caregivers you would see him respond differently using his body language. So in terms of the senses, they can still hear. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of you, the caregiver, communicating with them, a touch can mean a whole lot. How you touch them, how you speak with them, and so on. So all of those things can be soothing. And as Michelle says, whether they are in a home or at home, and they miss having those sort of interactions, it may very well have some effect on them, a negative effect. And we of ourselves were told, mandated, that we have to use masks, wash your hands so often and so on. Imagine trying to get that across to someone living with Alzheimer's. Just touch this, you need to wash your hands. And they're like, in another another space at that point in time, because some of them do kind of what we would say vacillate at one mm-hmm. point they can mm-hmm. understand clearly and then two seconds after you wouldn't think you're speaking to the same person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what is interesting for me about what both of you shared is that you both had relatives with alzheimer's michelle spoke about yeah. her father and june you spoke about your spouse so yes so is that one of the reasons why you got involved in the in the leadership of this organization Yes, initially I got involved when I needed help. Okay. And although he has since passed, I felt strongly about what can I do to help to return some of the favors that were extended to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, my, my tenure here 
um, which spans more than 16 years. It came as a result of my father, yes. But when I joined the association, my mother had already passed and my father um, came to live with me here in Trinidad and we had to be in a home. And I said then, when I joined the association, if I knew then what I now know, maybe my mother might be still alive, but then it's not for me to say. But it, it was such a, a learning experience for me that um, we talk about leadership and you know we could have taken a lead in a different direction although um, things I mean I could have passed on the information to my mother um, because she, she it was really stressful for, for her mm -hmm. uh, my brother was there helping her as well but his job is very demanding very stressful so it was stress all around and then I wasn't in the country but certainly if we had the information which allows us to lead in a particular kind of way even in our own households we would understand certain aspects to the disease and come to know that it isn't always doom and gloom because we had some humorous moments with my father and and that is when you took the time to really relax because because the more you get yourself worked up with the person who is is living with the disease is the more you're going to stress yourself out so you need to take the lead by arming yourself with certain knowledge and information and even as June read the 10 signs it's a quick Google I mean there are some there are many things Google is good for but it's a quick Google and to keep yourself updated and informed our information is validated through ADI Alzheimer's Disease International because of course anybody can post anything on on social media but um, we get our you know validate our information and we share that information you know um, in, in the organization yeah so we're gonna stop for a break and when we come back we are speaking with the Alzheimer's Association of Trinidad and Tobago do you feel stuck joyless and your life isn't going anywhere do you have dreams that don't seem to come through then the call to creativity program for women is for you we at maxine atom consulting have helped hundreds of women to rekindle their passion to reclaim their joy and to rediscover their purpose join us on june 15th for our six-week online program call or whatsapp 724-7642 or email Info at MaxineAtong.com for more information. Let's shift gears from park and move you to your dreams. Welcome back to Leadership Unlearned. Today with me is the Alzheimer's Association of Trinidad and Tobago. I am chatting with Michelle Clavery, who is the president, and June Holdip, the vice president. One of the interesting things that they shared before the break is that managing Alzheimer's is really about self-leadership. If you take leadership of your family, i.e. if there's somebody in your house with dementia, you arm yourself with the knowledge, you work with compassion and empathy to really help that person and more importantly yourself to deal with this situation. It can be a situation of high anxiety. So compassion for yourself, extending compassion to the others. I just wanted to know what's new in what's new in the Alzheimer's world. Okay, I'll start it off. Michelle could probably take it off. What's new? Hot off the press last week. I think the whole world would have heard FDA, Food and Drug Administration in the United States, giving approval for a new drug 
that's called hope i'm pronouncing it correctly adu kanabab adu kanamab right but it is the latest drug that is on the market but it has still has some controversies associated with it so they did some two two or three clinical trials they're hoping that they can do a fourth one but there are a number of still a number of questions associated with it so we are waiting to see how we we will progress where that is concerned and some of the issues raised uh things like cost accessibility equity what else michelle okay we 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 want to we want to um advise caution because as as yes. as a fda says it comes that approval comes with a caveat and F, the fda has asked biogen to do one more clinical trial before i believe the stamp the blueprint can be put on it and so even as we speak there are still a lot of questions to be answered what must be noted though is that for over 20 years these uh trials and so on and the research is being done and so we ought not to discount it but we ought to be very very cautious with us here in the caribbean we don't know when we will even even if it's approved because the the pharmacists have estimated costs to run over $56,000 per person per year So, so before we go on Michelle what exactly is it what exactly is the promise of this new treatment and new helps, drug it helps to slow it helps to slow, slow the progression pro- exactly slow and, progression and what must be noted what must mm-hmm. be noted is that the drug is has been administered to people with very very early diagnosis onset so exactly so the thing with us is many people wait until it's you know this the, the disease has progressed Okay to different stages. So if you don't catch it at the early stage, if you don't get um an early diagnosis, the drug is going to do maybe so far we have heard not much for you. So these are the things you you would take into consideration while we, you know, we celebrate and we do celebrate um that work is being done and that the FDA is really looking very closely at at the drug. But caution, caution, caveat apply. Yeah. So thank you ladies. I want to thank June Holdup, the vice president and Michelle Clavery, the president of the Alzheimer's Association of Trinidad and Tobago, bringing us new information. So if you're like me and you're forgetting a little bit because it's covid, you may not have dementia. Don't press the button just yet. You no, can No, no, no. Don't get too anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be all. too anxious. Just google the 10 signs yeah. of dementia and of course if you're still concerned get a professional opinion. There is hope on the way for people who are suffering with this disease in the new drug that I can't pronounce of course. And the caveat is there that one it's still in approval stages, it has not been approved yet, more clinical trials are needed, and two, it seems to work on people who are in the early stages of dementia. So ladies, yes. thank you very much. And before you go, I know it's your 21st year, so give yourself a plug. Oh yes. Thank you, thank you. Thank yes. you very much. Mm-hmm. My intention with this program is to fuel your leadership spark so that together we can bring much needed change to the worlds that we live, play and work within. Thank you so much for listening.
Tune in every Wednesday at approximately 6.35 p.m. for Leadership Unlearned with your host, Maxine Atong, as she invites you to suspend all that you believe and know about leadership. We challenge you to take this unlearning journey with us as we reframe leadership for our reality and to serve our vision as Caribbean people. For more information, follow Maxine Atong on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Maxine Atong or call 724-7642.